Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Are you there? Hey, hey. Brennan, you're live, baby. <laughs> How's it going? You did, you, did we lose you? Yeah, Spec's ready. Yep. All right. What's so going on? It's playing. Let's, let's rock and roll. All right, welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer, Brennan Escott joining you. It's 1233 at Edmonton. Hope you're doing well. Never know what the folks in sales are going to do on you, man. It's always interesting. Uh, anyhow, um, yep, well... That's why sometimes having control of your own product might be a better thing. Let's, uh, let's do this. Uh, let's tell you that guests on this show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply saving a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Every Tuesday on this show, uh, Mark Spector joins us for the horses and horse racing Alberta. Live standard red racing has moved to Century Downs Racetrack in Calgary. A reminder, you can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. How you doing, Spack? Doing pretty well, Bob. The Herb Tarlicks pushing you around in there, or what's going on? I don't know if I'd ever see them. I mean, I don't ever see them. It's it's a new generation of guys that wear those sort of suits, right? They All of a sudden, stuff ends up on your show, and you're like, what the heck is that? Where did that come from? Like, yeah, That's hey. what they say when I end up on your show, don't they? Uh, yes, the uh, for, at least from? for the next four months. But uh, <laughs> uh, buddy, uh, it's okay. Yeah, hey, we saw your old buddy last night, Frank Cervelli. Oh, he did now. Okay. Yeah, we uh, Frank was kind enough to take a few of us out for dinner last night. We had a good conversation about uh, life, liberty, the uh, pursuit of industry and business and freedom and all those sort of things. And, and ironically, a, a city known for uh, freedom, right? Uh, that's why we opened up with Elton John's Philadelphia Freedom today. And he's mm-hmm. the one of the most plugged. I mean, he's he's obviously he made a pretty interesting career decision, and he's uh, clearly got some success down that path. And I don't think there's any question uh, that he's an important guy and, and maybe you can explain to the listeners because of his involvement with the professional hockey writers association as well i mean that's a that's an integral role uh, because the landscape of how business just as we talked to uh, uh, in, in the old days what used to happen is a, a guy that would host a radio sports show might swing by sales and uh, go shake some hands and say hi and find out what's going on and uh or, or maybe the salesperson would come up to the you know into the, the 
the uh, studio where you're hosting the show, but now we're doing shows from our houses and salespeople don't come into the studios anymore because we've got all these buildings locked down uh, because we have to appease the, uh, the the percentage of the population that you know wants everybody else to live like them. That's a whole other conversation for another time. But anyhow, look, uh, the same things that's transpiring right now with media as well. And you can explain to the listeners, like, there's going to be a push coming here at some point, do you not think, from the uh, Professional Hockey Writers Association to get access back into the rooms. And you know, deep down inside, you can guess, players probably don't mind the way it is right now. You know what I'm saying, Mark? Well, some players, right? There's some players that, that are quite happy never to have to see the media in the old way where they come, we come in the room and stand around and chit-chat. But there are others who enjoy the process. And I guarantee you, on every team, there's a few guys who say, I'll open the room, let them back in. I don't mind those guys. We're not all bad guys. you know. But well, I'll tell you one thing, Bob, and maybe you can enlighten me on this. Just as an example of something that I wanted, I would like to know the answer to that I'll likely never find out. Remember that uh, too many men in the ice penalty the Oilers took in Carolina? It was the second goal of the game, a power play goal. Yeah, yeah. Normally what you do, you know, you don't want to even ask the coach at the press conference necessarily afterwards because he's probably not going to blame somebody. He's not going to say, hey, this guy screwed up or I screwed You might say if he screwed up. But generally we go in the room and you can kind of ask around and say, okay, what happened on that play? And I'm not looking to point fingers. I just want to be educated. What went wrong? Like, was it the coach that sent the wrong guy out? Did someone fake coming off the ice and turn around and go back? Because we're not in the room, I don't know what happened on that call, right? Well, I mean, I would even take it one step further, Mark. You have a very, uh, historically speaking, have had, some would say, a very cozy relationship with the officials. And there was a moment in that game where there was the trail official had called a delayed interference or obstruction call on Connor McDavid up the ice. Like, the hand was already in the air. And then, and then he got high-sticked in the face and had his teeth knocked around. And he had to leave the game, and they called a double minor high sticking because they opened him up. But they forgot to include the first call, which, if you watch the video, they've already made the call before the stick has come up. So the Oilers, the Oilers should have ended up with a five on three for two minutes. You know, they should have had an interference call and, and a power play, and then the double minor uh, on the play against Brady Shea. And so this is a league where you, you can't, there's, there's virtually no access to the officials in order to, uh, to debate the merits. I mean, I can remember, I don't know if the listeners are aware of this. John Short used to put Denny Morrell on his radio show in the mid 1980s. Like he had that, you know, and, and, and now we're in a situation where none of that takes place. Even the director of the officials is loath to do. Who, who, who is it? Walkham right now, Spec? Who's in yeah, charge Steve, of the officials? Steve Walkham's in charge of the officials. And yeah. you don't hear him live on, on radio shows or television shows. He does the odd piece, and, you know, he's available for a guy to give him a phone call. But, uh, no, he stays pretty low. And you know what? I'd say to folks out there, because there's a lot of people who will say, man, those refs should be accountable. They should have right. to talk Where do you want me to, throw to? to those things. And the same guy would say, Ah, the media doesn't have to go in the room. What are they doing in there? What's the point of having the media talking to those players all the time? Well, if you want accountability from the refs, then I, I don't know why you wouldn't want accountability from the players. I think that everyone, frankly, it's seeing as it's it's your ticket-paying dollar that really supports this whole league, I think everyone should be relatively accountable. There should be a chance for questions to be asked on all fronts, Bob.
All right, here's what we're going to do. Spec, just hold that thought. At this time, we are going to head to Eileen Bell for breaking global news. We interrupt this broadcast for 6.30 Chet Breaking News. I'm Eileen Bell in the 6.30 Chet Newsroom with breaking news this hour. This comes from just outside of High Prairie, about four hours northwest of Edmonton. The Capuino First Nation is announcing it has discovered unmarked graves surrounding the former St. Bernard's Indian Residential School. The First Nation had asked a team from the U of A to survey the grounds. After six days, the team has discovered results consistent with unmarked graves. There's no exact number at this time. More than a thousand have been found across Canada in the last year. We'll have more on the latest findings as a news conference continues at the North Peace Tribal Council office in West Edmonton. Keep it here for more information on 630 Chad. I'm Eileen Bell. When news happens, hear it first. Hear it live only on 630 Chad. All right, Nyleen will continue to have updates for us. Uh, obviously, we'll go to Global News Weather Traffic Updates at 1, 1.30 and 2 o'clock. Bob Stoffer with you along with Brendan Escott and Mark Spector. Mark, there's another factor in why there needs to be accountability on this front, and that is the proliferation of gambling. Okay, it is all over uh, the major professional sports in the United States. And as a result, that's going to increase the accountability as well. I mean, you have a situation in the NFL where on injury, the days of, you know, Lou Lamarillo sitting there guarding uh, the injury status of players like state secrets, well, that changes in the National Football League when you have, uh, you know, terms such as uh, probable to describe uh, whether or not a player is going to be able to play. Oh, practice on Wednesday, probable for uh, Sunday. Uh-huh. And I and I do think, Mark, that's, I mean, it's a new revenue boon for the National Hockey League. And I think it's going to add some additional scrutiny as well. Do you not agree? Well, listen, we've been saying for years that the reason that the NHL can't get doesn't have traction on, you know, they're a very small player in, in Vegas, right? The NHL is a, the handle on NHL games compared to the NFL. I mean, it's not even in the same stratosphere. And uh, you know, the, my example's always been this, Bob. You know, a, a guy in Philly, a ticket-paying guy in Philly can spend top dollar or go to the game tonight. He can bet his flyers. He can bet the Oilers. And he can walk in the rink. And he doesn't know until virtually puck drop that Connor McDavid and Clojure aren't playing in the game. Right? All of a sudden, both guys can be injured. They can both get pulled out. And nobody knows. And the game starts. And, you know, are you going to bet on that league? Right? Like, are you going to bet the Oilers, you know, with Connor McDavid? And then when they don't have Connor McDavid, how's that bet look for you? So it's an issue. And, and if the NHL wants to be able to t- tell betters out there, you can count on our game. You can place a bet. And, and you know, with some sort of surety, they're going to have to get their injured situation way, way, way better in control. We find out today Nugent Hopkins is out week to week. You know, we still, I'm not sure we know what exactly the injury is. So that's an issue for me if I'm a better on the NHL, Bobby. No question about that. All right. Uh, Boomer has texted us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Bob, just regarding the dressing rooms, it's their dressing room. I would argue that it should be a safe place, a sanctuary, team only. Just my opinion. That one comes to us uh, from Tumor, uh, from Boomer. And again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Uh, 
Hmm. Uh, Bob, I'm curious on your opinion on the Koskinen incident against Florida. His mask was loose. He raised his arm to get the ref's attention, and then Barkov scored. Um, you know what? I, I, well, if, if that's something that came across on TV, I can tell you uh, that that's... Mark, did you catch that? Because yeah. I'll be honest. Yeah. The Koskinen got distracted. He took a puck in the face. Uh, the, the TV angle did not show a mask that wasn't in exactly the position it's supposed to be. Right. That's the he point I'm making. He did get a puck in the face. He got a puck in the face, and the referee can certainly blow a whistle if it looks like the goalie may be injured. He did not look injured. I will say to you, having looked at it in slow motion on TV here, his mask there wasn't a strap hanging off. The mask wasn't on the side of his head. He wanted a call. He had his hand in the air, and Barkov scoring a goal. So um, I don't blame a referee for looking at that in the heat of the moment and at the second, you know, and not make blown the whistle. I, I didn't see why a whistle would get blown. I guess that's what I'm saying too. I did right. not. I did not Koskinen see it. Could, maybe Koskinen would tell you he has a reason why the whistle should be blown, and I would respect his opinion on it. But certainly a visual of the situation did not show a goalie with a, an inferior mask or, or a strap hanging loose, Bob. All right, a couple thoughts here coming in. You can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. For the record, reporters should be in the room and broadcasters with the team just not thinking uh, about the first reason as to why. And, Mark, lineups are not as big of an issue uh, from a gambling perspective in terms of the inconsistency of the calls of the ice. That's, you know, and I, I think that's always going to be there unfortunately there's the human element that exists in hockey and yeah. it's it, it, it's yeah. heavy and it's fast so there you go Bob, you, can, you, can, you can fix the lineup issue you can't fix the ref issue right these are the 30 best refs in the world like it or not right these are the best guys you can try to make them better you can yeah. have different protocols lots of stuff you can do bob but there are always going to be some inconsistencies. You can, however, mandate a complete and wholesale change to the injury situation. Yeah, absolutely. Again, you can text us at any time, 780-496-0063. Keep texting us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. When we come back at 1246 in Edmonton, we'll get Mark Spector's perspective on the Oilers first. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. First three games of this five-game road trip against the Beasts of the Southeast. You're listening to Oilers Now. Hi, this is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. 1249 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. Some guests receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had, whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring the night of the town. Every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. Tell Daphne, Brendan, and Chris that Oilers Now sent you. Uh, we re-engage Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Race in Alberta. They've been a sponsor of this segment with Mark Spector for the last six years. Live standard bid racing has moved to Century Downs Racetrack in Calgary. You can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. All right, Spec, give me your assessment. Three games in on this five-game roadie. The Oilers played three of the four best teams in the NHL. What did you think? 
No, they're playing. I think they're playing great hockey. They're they're playing. They're doing what they have to do. Like they really limited the chances against Tampa. Okay, they didn't limit any chance against Florida. Florida beat them pretty good, but they got goaltending and won a game. But you know what? I want to talk about this, Bob. I want to talk about the first period in Carolina because I think that's the period that this team is going to learn the most from this season, right? They, I thought they made three crucial mistakes in the first period, cost them two goals, and the rest of the game they were the better team. The rest of the game they engaged in a defensive, smart, responsible game that kind of is a playoff hockey game for the last 40 minutes. They outscored their opposition one nothing. They didn't blink. They they played, in my estimation, a style of hockey they have to learn and be able to win and be able to do in the playoffs. And I think they showed us here that they can do it. The first period, they make mental mistakes, and you got to know that that's what kills you in the big game, right? The mental mistake. Fogel going offside on that play. You know, when you're in a playoff game and you're fortunate enough to get a goal 50 seconds in, I mean, if no one's pushing you offside, there's no reason to be offside. It's a mental mistake. I don't want to pile on Fogel, but that's the difference, right? That's the fine line of a team that succeeds in, in those tough, hard games and the team that doesn't. The too many men on the ice penalty, that's a, that's a friendly fireball, right? That's a, a mistake that somebody made that cost you a goal. And you probably won't like this, but I'm going to say it. Right before their first goal, uh, Evan Bouchard walks right down the slot, misses the net by a foot and a bit, and the puck goes right down the other end and in the net. I'm not piling on Evan Bouchard. Lots of guys miss the net here. But that's the fine razor's edge, right? If you get a rebound, I'm not saying you got to score, but you got to hit the net because then it doesn't go the other way likely as fast as it did. Three mistakes, cost you a hockey game, you played pretty well in, Bob. Yeah, Fogel to me, that one's inexcusable. You're playing with the best world player in the world. Anybody that's played any level of hockey knows when you're playing with somebody better than them, number one, you give them the puck. Number two, don't go offside. So that's number one. Number two on the too many men, since you brought it up twice now, the Oilers were in the middle. Dreisaitl had the puck back in, uh, and Carolina played a high pressure. You know, they were there. There was they were exerting a lot of pressure against Edmonton's players, and Leon threw a blind pass through the middle, and Edmonton had not completed a change. That one to me, it, it was almost bad luck. Like it's rare you see a puck go all the way back into in front of an, your your own team's bench, especially when it's the far bench. So, right. as for Bouchard. Right. Maybe it's just bad luck. Yeah, I think that one was uh, the the too many men was bad uh, was poor luck. In Bouchard's case, he has the, been uh, since over the last nine games. To me, he is the guy that has been impacted the least. Like we've seen some guys take a big step forward here under the coaching staff. He is not taking a big step forward. He's in the crap right now. He's mired in it. And I'm going to dig in on him. I, there's a player there. Uh, the, the irony of the situation with Evan is he's going to cost the Oilers money here in terms of bonuses. He could get as much as $600,000 in bonuses spec that they're going to have to apply to their cap that's in 2023. That's right. That's that's the that's the structure that's in place. If he scores a tenth goal, he's at nine right now. He's going to get another goal between now and the end of the year. That's a two hundred thousand dollar plus bonus. Mark, I'll be the first to say it. I love Evan Bouchard. He's played. He he's had a tough like against the better teams. He's a guy they go after. He's a guy they pressure because he. 
his greatest strength is his greatest weakness. That patience and that calm that he plays with, the really good teams go after, and they try to take advantage of it. So uh, I, a fair comment on him. I mean, he had multiple opportunities in the games against Tampa and the games against uh, the game against Carolina to put Edmonton in a better position. Overall, Mark, I like their work rate in all three games. I don't think they were capable of that type of performance earlier in the season. Right. I mean, they gave they gave right. up 47 shots against Florida. Florida's a good team. Florida was hungry, too. Florida dropped two in a row before that game. The fact that they outshot both Tampa and Carolina, I mean, Carolina's a plus-five shot team and shot differential on the season. To me, that was pretty impressive. And given who they didn't have in the lineup, Mark, it was a pretty good performance. Really good performance. And, you know, I've been saying here on the show for a while, Bob, that this is the game that they need to find. And I think we're seeing signs of finding the game. But Duncan Keith talked this morning about, you know, five guys playing, being tied closer together in every zone. And, and I listen, I get it out there. Like, no one wants the 96 New Jersey Devils here, right? And I've said it before, Bob, I don't want to watch two on hockey in October, November, December. But if you can't win that rare 2 1 hockey game in April, May, and June, you'll go out of the playoffs or you won't make it. This is a team that's starting to show us that when presented with Right when presented with a defensive battle, with a tough game, with barely any chances in it, and I know those are boring, but when presented with that, this Oilers team's looking more and more like a club that can maybe win that game instead of lose it, and that's key. You know, Mark, what's interesting yesterday, uh, Jay Woodcroft did about a 22-minute interview on this show, and he talked at the end of the interview about his uh, wife, Jackie, and her family being here from Edmonton. And, uh, you know, he's hoping to get his family up here for some visits. The kids were going to stay in school until the end of the year because they're down in Bakersfield right now. I think that works to Jay's advantage. I got to tell you, uh, there's been a couple cases of, of people that have been in here in the past in either coaching or management roles. And you know the old saying, uh, happy wife, happy life. Okay? And I, I actually had... A general manager talked to me about an opportunity a number of years ago, and he just said, you know, you would have one of the things, if we can go further down this conversation, one of the things you have to consider is that your wife and her family are from Edmonton. You have to think about that. And, you know, there's been a couple times, uh, one coach for sure, where I knew that, you know, really liked where they'd spent a number of years before coming to Edmonton. And... uh and conversely, I I think it, like, you know, you, you take a look at Ken Holland, he's from Western Canada. Todd McClellan, from Western Canada. Uh, Mike Babcock, uh, I'll, I'll mention him. You know, he he went and coached in Saskatoon. I mean, he's making, he's he's got $50 million contract from the Leafs with still another year left. But he loved coaching so much, he went back to Saskatoon, and I think it. I think it might. Like I think it works to Jay Woodcroft's advantage that his family's from. You know, his extended family's from Edmonton. What do you think? Oh, listen, especially when you're Edmonton. Like I want to turn it around, Bob. There's not a lot of families and wives and husbands, whomever out there, who, if their spouse gets transferred to Scottsdale, is going to say, "Ah, damn, I ain't going there." <laughs> Right? Or Florida. 
or, or California where they live on Newport Beach or, you know, there's a million cities. There are people, and I'm a proud, born and raised Edmontonian as I say this, there's lots of people who will say, you're going to Edmonton? I ain't coming with you. So, yes, the fact that his wife's an Edmontonian, I don't know much about Jackie. I'd love to know what high school she went to and, you know, part of the city she's from and all that stuff. Um, because it's a small enough city, Bob, that you generally, if you talk for five minutes, you find somebody that we both know, right? Especially if she has anything to do with the hockey community. So, uh, no, no, listen, Jay's, Jay's family's happy here. He's happy here. And as we all know, in the end, it's it's all about the the W's and L's. And I'll tell you right now, I, I couldn't be more impressed with a young coach walking into his first NHL job. The changes he's imposed on this team that we've seen, uh, and the fact that maybe it's just my opinion, but these are the exact changes this team requires. Uh, I think he's shown in a very short time. He's a very capable young head coach, Paul. All right. Well, we're going to continue down that path and talk a bit about Russia when we come back uh, in sport uh, after Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.